Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband Aaron joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. Right before her birthday last year, she called me one day and she said she wasn't feeling well. And I said, man, you're pregnant. I was joking, but I kind of had this feeling already. And she said, no, I'm not. I can't believe you'd say that. Well, the next day she sends me a test saying that she's surprisingly pregnant again at 44 years old. And for me at 41, I mean, this is probably the only time in our marriage ever that I was ner- I was nervous and like, wow, she was really upset with me. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, because I mean, it was a shock to both of us. We weren't expecting that to happen, but it, but it did. But you and, had a feeling. Oh, I, I had no doubt. But when, when she first told me she wasn't feeling good, I'd already been thinking it for about a week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And actually the week before that week, she had sent me a picture of a, of some kids that were being adopted. And she was like, what do you think about adopting? I was like, no way. I don't want no more kids. And then I started thinking, man, you know what? It's kind of weird. Just the way that the, the cycle was going and all that at the time, I just like, was like, yeah, I think that she's something's up. Something's up. I just had a feeling. Wow. And, um, uh, so we went, we, we kind of went about a month or so where she wasn't speaking to me. <laughs> oh, so we were trying to figure this out. I mean, she was pretty upset and worried. Just, I mean, it had, had a lot of things on her heart at the time and it was good. Uh, it was good because it took, it took me some time. I had to step back and pray and, and seek the Lord for my family again. And, and, you know, kind of just say what's going on. You know, I, I didn't, you know, it, it took some accepting, I guess, to, to know that we were going to go through that mm-hmm. again, you know, um, because Cannon's such a good kid and he's so easy to parent or, or he was at the time. He's getting to those teenage years now, <laughs> but uh, he was so easy to parent at the time. It was almost we felt like we were empty nesting, even though we had him. So to have this, we're like, oh, my gosh, a baby, we have grandkids. And she was just distraught with all this. And so. I mean, yeah, at that time, you know, just looking back on it, I was very upset and like, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with the baby? It's going to take away, you know, just being selfish, you know, it's going to take away from other things that I have going on in my life, you know, there's just just stuff, you know, and um, my age and everything played a part, you know, and still in the meanwhile, you know, praying for my other children, my grown children you know, just to come together so that we can be together at holidays and things like that was, you know, my heart's desire for that to, to happen again. Months go by and I'm like, okay, so, you know, finally I start coming around and having to apologize to my husband for the way, for the way that I... <laughs> yeah. Let me ask when Isaac says you didn't speak to him for about a month, what does that really look like? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it, it really was. I mean, later I've had to like really apologize and be like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know. I just, I just chalked it off as that, that's what pregnant women do. I'm, it's not my favorite. <laughs> Pregnancy <laughs> hormones. Yeah, I'm like she's just pregnant. She'll get over it. But at the same time, I, I mean, it didn't feel good. But 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not the no, it's not the normal way she treats me. So I was like, okay, it's got to be because she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would cry every night, and then I would just be like, leave me alone. You know, it was it was a very hard time for me, a very dark time for me. Now looking back on it. Yeah. But months go by, and then I you know start to feel him kick, and you know I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We're gonna pack him along, and here we go. We're gonna travel the world you know (laughs) that was you know the mindset so I you know started getting excited and everything and um about probably 32 weeks we finally moved into our new home on this particular day all of my kids were at our new home my my older son was helping me with the remodeling her daughter we we hadn't seen her daughter in a while and she came by and she wanted to stay for the weekend because mom was getting close to Domino in time, and, and, and then, then her son was here that day, too, and then we had Cannon, he was helping me, and my older son, Eric, and it, it was the first time in years that we had all been in the same house together at once, and probably a couple of years. And you didn't necessarily plan for it to happen on that particular day, but it just happened that everybody ended yes. up there together? Yes, actually, I was at work. I went to work that morning. I had a big job I had to do, and I was... I was for some reason I didn't feel like being there. I just wanted to go home, and I kept telling myself, "No, I have to get home. I have to, I have to get home." I, or I kept saying, "No, I, I have to get this job done." And I was there probably an hour, and I just left. And I went, and I'm, that's not like me. I always get my jobs done. Mm-hmm. I came home that day, and, and my son showed up to help me, and we were working downstairs. And then Stacy started having one of her emotional fits over some question that I asked her, and I. Basically, I went. Up, I, st- I told my son, "Hang on a minute, man. Something ain't right." So we went upstairs, and we, and I just went in the room, and I was listening to her, and she was crying and stuff. And I, and part of it I thought was her pregnancy, but she was just really, started, she had been saying for a couple of days that she hadn't felt the baby kick. So I just sat down beside her and opened up the Bible and started reading scriptures on peace, and to trust, and just started praying with her and talking to her about trusting God. And I mean, I shut the door and shut all the kids out and just started doing the best I could to wow. encourage her and just let her know, you know, God's got this no matter what. And she was supposed to meet with a, what doctor was that? The high risk. The high risk doctor. And that was that next week. And she was like, I don't want to wait till the next week. And I said, well, let's go to the hospital now and let's get you checked out and make sure that everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And so we jumped in the car that day and went to the hospital. All our kids were here. And uh, they were like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Mom's acting kind of crazy. Let me just go make, take her <laughs> so she can check her out make sure everything's okay. And uh, so we get to the doctor, and um, or we get to the emergency room, and they put us into a room. And I don't, I don't, I, this is like the only time in my life the hospital room just seemed super dark. It was mm. like the lights were off and everything. It was weird. And, uh, well, the doctor comes in, and they do a sonogram, and... We were listening and we didn't hear a heartbeat. And so then they don't say anything. He just walks out of the room with, and they bring in another doctor to do another sonogram. And then that's at that time is when he told us that our baby had passed away. Mm. So it's like, and so Stacy's sitting there shocked and I'm shocked and they leave the room to let us talk for a minute. And, and I, I just went right into telling her, I'm like, look, we both, you know, cried for a minute together and then. We gathered ourselves together and I, we prayed and I told her, I was like, we can't, you know, I don't know how we're going to tell the kids and I don't know, 
you know, I don't know what this is. We can't blame ourselves. We, we got to figure this out. You know, just figuring out a way to encourage her the best that I could at the time. Mm-hmm. Then he came back in and she's like, well, so what am I going to do? Am I going to go home? And, and he's like, no, you're going to have to deliver the baby. So we give birth to our son. As we give birth to him and they asked if she wanted to see him. And at first I didn't know if I wanted to see, you know. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll look, but I don't know if she's going to want to because we're not, neither one of us, it was just, it was a hard thing to do and I didn't know if she could handle it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I did look first and I, and I was blown away at how healthy that he looked. And that was, I think that was one of her biggest fears that he wasn't going to be healthy because of her age. And, and, and we had prayed about it and I, I had total trust in the Lord that in, in this situation that it was going to work out for good. You know, it yeah. doesn't seem good at the time when you're going through it. But uh, finally, um, they they cleaned him up and everything, and she got to hold him. Oh, the, well, the doctor had told her that the, the cord had gotten wrapped around his neck somehow. And that's oh. basically what happened, and that's how he passed away. Oh. But other than that, he would have been a perfect little boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was... It was pretty traumatic, but I, Isaac was there every step of the way to help me through that because you just don't know what that looks like going into something like that. That was yeah. It, it was so yeah. So we gave birth to Braven Hendrix Ingram mm. at his funeral. It was the most beautiful funeral ever, <laughs> and um, so my boys are there still my family still is not whole um you know we're all they're all going through this separately and trying to be there for me and so at the funeral sitting in front of sweet braven's casket my boys grabbed each other and forgave each other it was like the most amazing experience that i've ever had happened to me and the most the hardest yeah day of my life but I you know Isaac helped me get through all of that um just the way he you know kind of explained it and and to me and he's like you know you you were carrying forgiveness and at the funeral I was able to share that one of our, our younger son Cannon he uh he when we first told him about losing the baby he said well he i mean it's the first time he really has asked a serious question to me he's just, i mean uh, to me it was a uh, theological question he's like daddy well that doesn't make any sense to me he didn't have a purpose oh and, and i immediately went into yes he he does have a purpose we just don't know what it is yet and this is before the funeral but uh, i was able to speak at the funeral and my my older brother was able to speak at the funeral also. And and I asked him to speak, and I didn't know if he was going to be able to make it, but I told him, I said, I, I know there's a lot of people there who aren't saved, and me and Stacy have chosen to trust God in this, and I want the gospel to be preached at this funeral, and I, I want it to be about lifting up Jesus. And no matter what you're going through, if you're if you're a child of God, I, I do believe that I do believe the word when it says that, you know, all things work together for mm. the good of them who are the called according to his purpose. And so no matter how 
bad things may seem when you're going through it, if you can look ahead knowing that something better is coming. And, and I just didn't realize it was going to happen that day. And, wow. And I saw at that moment, whenever she goes, she ran, I was talking to some people after the funeral and she ran over and grabbed me. She goes, my boys are hugging each other. And I was like, are they fighting? <laughs> <laughs> so and I looked over and they were crying and bawling and just encouraging each other and saying they were sorry for the thing. I mean, because they were so close at one time when they were younger and just for all the things that had gone on and, and things that they hadn't let go of. And, and it was just seeing them be able to forgive through this circumstance and through this hard thing that we went through. And I, I told her I would go through it again today if, if that's what it took to see my family whole and see my family loving each other again, because that, that's all we've ever wanted. We never know how God's going to work it all out or how he's going to answer our prayers or how he's going to follow through on a promise that he's given us. That's right. Absolutely. And yet you guys have this miraculous, I mean, you walked through an absolute tragedy, but in that very moment, he gave you such a, a gift as well, right? Yes. But I mean, to me, isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? Yes. To, to his family, I'm sure it was tragic. Tragedy. I mean, he it took that to pay our debts. To, to I mean, to, for sure. I mean, I, that to me and her both. When we first got married, our, our marriage was built on a threefold cord, not being broken. And I, I knew that me and her were good together, but I knew that I wouldn't be enough for her, and I knew that she would never be enough for me. And so it takes Jesus being in between us to keep us where we want to be. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that um, a big part of what the Lord has put on my heart for marriages is to set realistic expectations. And too often uh, we don't keep Jesus as such a critical part. You know, if the, the, the Lord is as important as anything else in our marriage, because like you said, we in our flesh can't be enough for our spouse. We've got to have him. Yes. That's exactly right. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I will say, I don't know if I'll keep this in the podcast, but we'll see. I will say that as you guys walked through that tragedy, the pictures and the words that you shared on social media, as much as we knew your hearts were breaking, there was a light and there was a joy in your eyes that I knew something special was happening. Of course, I just didn't know what it was. And so, see, now I'm crying, Stacy. <laughs> I know. I, I keep feeling like I need to, to tell my story, <laughs> but I can't. I, I'm not there yet. That's okay. I know. And maybe this is a baby step of the Lord growing you into other opportunities to share it. Amen. Yeah. So don't, don't feel like you're being disobedient yet. I mean, this is a step, you know, so um, you'll know when it's time. It's a beautiful story, beautiful and painful and beautiful, right? Yes. Okay. So before we wrap up, Isaac. Yes, ma'am. We have talked about a number of times when you were able to spiritually lead Stacy. 
whether it was sitting down with scripture or praying with her or even the vision that you had for your marriage early, early on when you got married. So I have often had young women and, and young men ask me, what does it really mean for my husband to be the spiritual leader in our home? Or for a young man to say, what does it look like for me to be the spiritual leader in our home? Could you cast some ideas and vision on that for us? Well, I will say that it is not easy Mm. at all, especially if that's your desire to do that. Because to me, that every time I've planned it to, to be the... When I'm thinking about it, let's put it this way. When I'm thinking about it, I'm not doing a good job at it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like even today, I, I was going through today and, and, and I just, I, I try to hear God speak in, in the smallest things. I mean, I, I'm, I'm most of the day when I'm by myself or when I'm working, when, I'm, when I have to go to my, my regular job, um, I get a lot of alone time. And so I'll spend the time talking to God and, uh, I, I really just spending time with with God. It's spending time with in His presence. It's worshiping Him. It's it's a uh, it, a lot of it is is surrender and and it's something I battle every single day. But I realize that that life's going to happen whether I like it or not, and mm. things are gonna things are gonna happen that I can't control. And as long as I try to control them, I'm I'm working against God because God wants me to lean on Him. Yeah. And you you can't lead someone else if you're not being led. Oh, that's good. So probably going to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so tr- yeah, trust me, I am not a pro at this or anything, but it's been my desire. I mean, every time we've gone through something, it's it's like I could hear God speaking even louder at that time. And I and I was raised in a Christian home and and I I, I was a pastor's kid and you know, learned how to quote scripture and, and I've and I've worked in churches and I've been involved in all kinds of Christian programs and, and really I think that to me I guess I could say I feel the closest to the Lord whenever I'm doing what he's asking me to do in my everyday life. Just yeah. With my, just with my wife or with my son or you know out in the yard doing my regular everyday duties or helping the wife with the dishes and, and I think that those things are bigger than leading thousands of people. I don't think I'm not saying that those that leading thousands of people isn't important, but if you can, if you can be an example to others in your marriage, I think that that's, that's the biggest thing because the enemy is always attacking marriage, you know? Absolutely. Stacy, what would you say it looks like to give your husband that space to lead in your home? Or as the Bible says, what does that look like to submit to your husband, to be a part of that team, but let him lead? Uh, it was a battle, I think, at first for us because I didn't really grow up in a Christian home. And a lot of times people are like, submit to your husband. And that means you got to do whatever he says. And, you know, that yeah. Type of me- me- yeah, mentality or whatever. But, you know, I, I love the Lord with all my heart. And I, I trust our marriage to the Lord and to my husband. So in our home, raising, you know, a blended family and my kids didn't agree with something he said or was still, you know, well, I'm sorry, you know, he's over our home or he's, you know, Mm -hmm. in control, you know, or that's what he said. So that's what we're going to do. That type of thing, just letting them see that I stand behind him. I think Mm -hmm. that was the most important thing for, for our kids to see, you know, that we're, we're not going to be torn apart. Well, and even, even when I made mistakes, she stood behind me through those mistakes and, and stuck it out with me. And, And she, 
she definitely, um, I, I tell you, I couldn't leave this family if it wasn't for her pushing me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, our grown kids too, you know, even, you know, now, and sometimes you just have to fight through you. You just have to battle through those times that are, you know, cause they're, they're going to come the trouble, especially kids have different opinions as they get older and you know, teenage years come, but just letting them know that, Hey, we're, we're going to stand together. We're, we're one, you know, we're big um, thing for us in our marriage is for, you know, the kids to know that they're, they can't break us apart. You know, we're, we're over this house and we're a family together. So, yeah. And looking back too, yes. Now, I like the, the way she said that, that we're not going anywhere. You gotta, you gotta remember that these, the kids from our first marriage were basically children from broken homes. Ah. Oh. And so when they think about trusting mom or dad, they're like, we well, all broke up our last home. How, can, how do we know we can trust you with this one? Yeah. So that was the biggest battle is always just like, I would, and, and I think it was probably harder on my personal kids because I tried to make her children feel like like I wasn't leaving them. Like I was going to always be, I, I, my, my goal was just to be the best stepdad ever and to be every part of their life as much as I was my own. And I think a lot of times my own children would resent me for it. Mm. But And so that that's kind of a picture of what, what we kind of went through in our home. It wasn't always fighting and stuff. We had tons of good times, but I mean... I, I feel like she trusts God with me, and that's probably what it looks like more than anything. She knows that God's in my life. I'm, I'm not perfect. I make tons of mistakes, and not being afraid to say I'm sorry, not being afraid to humble myself and ask forgiveness mm-hmm. when I did make mistakes. Um, it, just after years and years of me being steady and trying to always keep myself where I'm supposed to be, she's begun to trust me with leading the family. And then, uh, and on top of that, even when I do get weak, she helps strengthen me a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up, is there a particular scripture or encouragement that you would like to share with the listeners? You know, like I said before, the, the threefold scripture is the one that we, we kind of cling to. Yeah, it's two is better than one, but a threefold cord isn't quickly broken. And to right. also put God first in your marriage. Um, when, when things aren't perfect, go to him about it, and he'll, mm. he'll he'll clean up all the mess. Basically, is what the messes that we make when we try to do things without him. Yeah, I would just encourage people to uh, to put God as number one, and 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 let and, and let let him mold your marriage and mold your family, and and uh, don't be afraid to let go of things that you think are are important. And always put your spouse first before yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me and for sharing a few tears, but some really um, encouraging stories and words of wisdom. And I wish I could just hug you both right now, but (laughs) that doesn't work through technology. (laughs) So uh, thanks again for joining me and hopefully I'll see you soon. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of strengthening marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.